As I mentioned, this is the highest of church celebrations. If you noticed, being a solemnity, we prayed the Gloria. Um, we, Alex read a second reading. We will also pray the Apostles' Creed. It's like you do it every Sunday Mass, because every Sunday Mass is a solemnity. Now, when they instituted the Feast of Divine Mercy in 2000, a lot of people in the church cried foul, saying that you cannot have a feast for an attribute of God. You can only have a solemnity and a feast for what is determined to be God himself or one of the saints, a person. So is that true? How do we explain that? Well, that is because when we say Jesus, the divine mercy, we're talking about the person himself incarnate. That's what you see in the image of divine mercy. That's why our website is thedivinemercy.org. Because when we talk about divine mercy, that is an attribute of God. But we're not celebrating the feast of divine mercy the Sunday after Easter. We're celebrating the feast of the divine mercy. So it's the person of Jesus. Now, what makes this feast so great is today we celebrate a part of the humanity of Jesus, the person, his heart. But in divine mercy, we celebrate the whole person. But it all comes from the heart. So this feast or solemnity, we kind of use the term feast in the church. It's kind of generic, but for any big celebration in the church, but this is a solemnity. Now, and Divine Mercy is really a solemnity too, because it's on a Sunday, and we call it the Feast of Divine Mercy, but it's really the solemnity of Divine Mercy. Now, today's solemnity, the Sacred Heart, is celebrated 19 days after Pentecost, which always falls on a Friday. Why do we have this? Because the Sacred Heart is seeing Jesus' physical heart as a representation of his divine love for all of humanity. It's a real manifestation. Jesus can say he loves us, but when you look in the sacred heart and see its wounds and its blood, then you see a manifestation of a real love of God, a divine love for humanity. So it's, it's really mankind's devotion to God, to Christ's sacred humanity. This, we cannot forget, we always think of Jesus as God, but do we worship him as man? It's interesting. Well, we don't worship a man, right? But Jesus was not a human person. Jesus is a divine person with a human nature. And so in this heart, this sacred heart, this is our, our devotion to Christ's sacred humanity. And so every body needs a heart, and the church is the body of Christ, and so to it, Christ gave his own heart. So if the church is the body of Christ, every body needs a heart. Today at four o'clock, I believe we're live streaming it, I'm gonna be doing a talk on the rosary relay about the fact that in the Eucharist, mirac Eucharistic miracles, they test it, and it's been human heart tissue. And um, <clears throat> I have a talk from a long time ago online about it, but I'm going to a little summarize it again today at four. It's going to be talking about the human heart of Jesus, and I'm going to combine it with the sacred heart. 
So that'll be on at four o'clock Eastern today. And so all this is, is important because it goes back, right? St. John Utes, all the way back in 1643, wrote about the sacred heart of Jesus, even before St. Margaret Mary Alacoque. Um, he wrote about it in answer to Jansenism. What is Jansenism? Jansenism is where this heresy that God is not love. He's a disciplinarian. He's an ogre. He's, he just wants to punish. And that was rampant through France. Now we just heard Alex read in the second reading. The entire theme was God is love. So in the sacred heart, God first had to introduce us to the sacred heart to say, come to me. I am love. And what happened? Because of Jansenism and we were afraid of God, that's why he gave us Mary, by the way, because we may be afraid to approach an omniscient father, but Mary, being a creature like one of us as a mother, can help bridge that gap. But in the sacred heart, God taught us, I am love, come to me, make reparation to my wounded heart. We didn't do it. So in the, sacred, uh, in the divine mercy, Jesus then says, okay, that's it. Now I'm coming to you. The last hope of salvation for mankind. The two go together. In divine mercy, we fulfill the sacred heart. We don't replace it. I notice um, Christine Niles, uh, I, somebody sent me a talk from Church Militant, did an uh, expose, a, a, pro, a video on whether or not divine mercy is true or not. And she came out emphatically that it's true. And um, she gave all the reasons why we need divine mercy. And I read the comments below and they were all trashing divine mercy saying, we have the sacred heart and this does nothing but replace the sacred heart. And therefore it's of Satan. I mean, this is so ridiculous. It replaces nothing. It goes in union with the sacred heart. It fulfills it and, and, and it completes it because in, in the sacred heart, we have part of Jesus's body and in divine mercy, we have all of the person. In the sacred heart, we learn God is love, but in divine mercy, we learn about God's love put into action. And this is what this feast is. Jesus's heart is wounded and it's, he wants to pour mercy on the world, but he can't with all the wounds that we've put into his heart. Remember the image of the sacred heart? All right, Jesus's heart has wounds and the same number of wounds as the number of our sins. So all of our sins are the wounds on the sacred heart. And so <clears throat> it has wounds and it has a crown of thorns. That image of the sacred heart represents his passion. Then the fire, because the, the picture of the heart is engrossed in fire, that represents the transforming power of divine love. We just heard in the second reading. This all just fits together amazing. It doesn't replace, it, it complements. And so what is the answer to all these sins and the wounds of the sacred heart? St. John Eudes actually said divine mercy. Oh, well, this divine mercy thing is only came with a, 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 you know, Vatican II Pope named John Paul. Really? Then go back and read St. John Eudes in 1643, because he said the answer to the wounds of the Sacred Heart is divine mercy. He saw divine mercy as the perfection 
of the loving sacred heart of Jesus. He said, quote, of all the divine perfections mirrored in the sacred heart of our Savior, we should have a very special devotion to divine mercy. Does that sound like something created by a post-Vatican II pope named John Paul? You're talking about a man who was talking about it over 300 years earlier. And he said, we should have a very special devotion to divine mercy, and we should endeavor to engrave its image on our heart. St. Margaret Mary then came a few decades later. She was a simple nun, just like St. Faustina. You can see the connection. She came in 1673 when us Marians were founded. Amazing. And she said the two principal treasures that God wishes to bestow on the world are love and mercy. In the sacred heart, we learn God is love. In divine mercy, he puts that love into action. She said, Jesus said to her, I promise that my powerful love will grant to those who receive communion on the first Fridays for nine consecutive months in order to make reparation to his sacred heart the grace of final repentance. They will not die in my displeasure, nor without receiving the sacraments. My heart will be their refuge in their last hour. Important. And that's how we got the holy hour. You know how the holy hour was created? People say, well, that was in the garden with the apostles. Yes, technically true. But the formal devotion of the holy hour began between 11 p.m. and 12 midnight on Thursday nights. Thursday is because it's the Eucharist when the night of the Last Supper prior to the Passion on Friday. We celebrate Thursdays as the day of the Eucharist. The Holy Hour began with Margaret Mary between 11 p.m. and 12 on Thursday nights. This night represented his pain in the garden. This began the Holy Hour. Can you not watch with me for only an hour? And then later in 1899, Pope Leo XIII, the best pope ever, consecrated all of humanity to the sacred heart in preparation for the 20th century, the bloodiest of all centuries. He called this the greatest act of his pontificate and confirmed the first Friday devotion. That is why when COVID hit, I made the decision that we were gonna start broadcasting live stream every first Friday and first Saturday. And I apologize because we've all but killed poor brother Mark and brother Ken on this. But, but I'm telling you, it is important. It is hugely important. You know, amazing parallels between Faustina and her confessor, Michael Sapochko, and the confessor of St. Margaret Mary Alacoque. Listen to this. St. Saint Claude de la Colombrière, he also helped St. Margaret Mary discern visions because Jesus was appearing to her, just like Faustina. She had doubts, just like Faustina. This confessor of Margaret Mary carried the burden of spreading a new devotion, Sacred Heart. Just like the confessor, Michael Sapochko of St. Faustina, carried the burden of a new devotion, Divine Mercy. And it was the same between the two. They both died on the same day, February 15th. That day is also the name day of St. Faustus, which is the feast of St. Faustus, the namesake of St. Faustina. So on uh, February 15th, the same day Michael Sapochko died and Jean or uh, Claude de la Combrière died, and St. Faustina's feast day, all the same day. 
Father Mitch Pacwa, a Jesuit, who brought us the Sacred Heart, the Jesuits, don't understand, if you, if, you, if you really listen, he says that divine mercy completes and fulfills the Sacred Heart. And this is coming from a Jesuit. Um, this is what we have to know. Mercy is love in action. It's compassionate love. It's that, you've heard me say this, that particular mode of love, that when love encounters suffering, it takes action to do something about it. That's why we see Jesus' left foot stepping forward, taking action. So in the sacred heart, God is love, but in divine mercy, it's love in action. You need both. Listen to what St. Catherine of Siena said, way before post-Vatican II John Paul. The sacred heart of Jesus is all love, but the form that love takes when it reaches out to humanity is mercy. I wish I had the time to respond to those comments that people were tearing apart divine mercy on that church militant Christine Niles video about the need for divine mercy. Because all it was, was it's post-Vatican II. Listen to what St. Catherine of Siena just said. Listen to what St. John Hughes just said. Faustina was pre-Vatican II. And she said, the love of God is the flower, but mercy is the fruit. John Paul didn't create divine mercy. God has always worked through his church. It takes centuries to institute things. Like people say, oh, well, the, the Immaculate Conception wasn't even brought to us to the mid-1800s. Therefore, it's no good because it was centuries later. Well, the honor of the Immaculate Conception of Mary had been celebrated for centuries and centuries and centuries before it was declared a dogma. That's how the church works. Listen to Robert Stackpole. Listen to his quote. He's our theologian here at the shrine. We need both the feast of the sacred heart and the feast of divine mercy. Again, they're both solemnities, but we say feast. <clears throat> the feast of the sacred heart of Jesus was meant to be a day of loving reparation to his heart, his wounded heart, consoling the heart of Jesus. While the feast of divine mercy is supposed to be a celebration of all that merciful love that flows from his sacred heart out to us. Both feasts are needed and Jesus himself asked for both of them. Awesome. That is why we are here. That is why God has you watching. That is the mission of the Marian fathers. This is the answer to everything in the world right now. That is why Jesus said divine mercy is mankind's last hope of salvation. So to finish, I got another scathing letter saying that the enthronements contradict the enthronements of the sacred heart and the enthronements of the divine mercy image. Please stop promoting the enthronement of the divine mercy image. It's only supposed to be the sacred heart. Sorry, no, we need both. Both are the same heart of Jesus. It is very important, but it's just the same heart, but under different aspects. In the sacred heart, we console Jesus. In the divine mercy, he consoles us. See the difference? But it's together. You don't have a spousal relationship where only one loves the other. No, the one, the husband loves the wife and then the wife loves the husband. It's the same with Christ in his church. Jesus loves his church, but the church has to love Jesus. 
Jesus consoles his church, but the church has to console the heart of Jesus. So in the sacred heart, we console the heart of Jesus. In divine mercy, he consoles the church. It's not replacing. It's not some post-Vatican II demonic creation. This is running rampant on the internet right now. We got these yo-yos posting these videos all over that the sacred heart is, is from Satan. I mean, uh, divine mercy is from Satan. And we're getting letters, hundreds of letters, people saying, I never knew this and I'm leaving, I'm leaving the devotion of divine mercy. That's what's satanic. Satanic is what's going on in this movement now declaring this radical view. This stuff happened way before John Paul was even born. So this is why. It is, it's the same heart under different aspects. In the sacred heart, we come to him, but in divine mercy, all we have to do is let him come to us. This is why. In diary 1553, way before Vatican II, St. Faustina said, Oh, Jesus, it is through your compassionate heart, as through a crystal, that the rays of divine mercy have come to us. That's the answer to everything. Divine mercy are the rays of blood and water, but where do they come from? The sacred heart. It's the sacred heart of Jesus that's the origin, but what does he pour out on the world? The blood and the water. That is the two working together. That's why in Diary 1570, she said, through his merciful heart, as through an open gate, we pass through to heaven. Wow. I know I've gone way too far, but it's a solemnity. This is so important, and the world just doesn't see it. God is dying to pour his mercy out on the world, but he can't. He says that in the diary. I'm dying. I'm clamoring to pour out my mercy on the world, but my sacred heart is so full of wounds that I can't pour out the mercy. Mankind keeps wounding my heart. And so God wants to pour that mercy. Jesus wants to spread it all over the world, but he can't because that heart is so wounded. It's full of holes. And so what's the answer? The first Friday, that's why we come together as Marian fathers with you, our Marian helpers, to make reparation to the sacred heart. Then once we make reparation, he can pour that mercy onto the world. Father, how do you know that? Look at the image. The image is the sacred heart of Jesus, and from it pours the blood and the water, the divine mercy. And this is, again, why Jesus said divine mercy is mankind's last hope of salvation. But it comes from the sacred heart. They are together the person of Jesus, not a human person, a divine person in a human nature. Whew. God bless you all. And just, just remember the gift that God gives us in both the sacred heart and divine mercy. Hello, I'm Father Thaddeus Langton of the Marian Fathers of the Immaculate Conception, and I'm excited to let you know about my new podcast with Father Timothy Childers called Keeping It Marian. To access the podcast, simply visit divinemercyplus.org or search Keeping It Marian on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or on whatever podcast platform you prefer. I want to share with you the riches of the charism of the Marian Fathers, which is the mystery of the Immaculate Conception, how it touches our lives as consecrated priests and religious, and how this mystery can bear fruit in your life, especially by keeping the Word of God and pondering it in our hearts in imitation of our Blessed Mother. 
I hope you'll join us. Again, it's called Keeping It Marion. Thank you, and God bless you. Please follow or subscribe to this podcast to receive the latest episodes and updates. If you have been blessed by this podcast, I invite you to leave a review. Reviews greatly improve our podcast ranking and will help spread this podcast to other people throughout the world. Are you enjoying this podcast? I invite you to listen to more shows brought to you by the Marian Fathers of the Immaculate Conception. Join us daily for enriching spiritual content which will help you on your journey with Jesus Christ. Simply visit DivineMercyPlus.org for a complete list of our shows. That's DivineMercyPlus.org Are you a Marian Helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily Masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign-up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you.